Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I'm your host, pharmacist Eric Christensen, and I thank you so much for listening today. Go check out reallifepharmacology.com. Get your free 31-page PDF on the top 200 drugs. Uh, great little study guide, great uh, refresher if you're out in practice. Uh, no-brainer, simply an email will get you access to that. Uh, also, by subscribing, uh, we get you access to uh, any new content uh, that we have available as well. So go do that, reallifepharmacology.com. All right, let's get into the drug of the day today, and that is meperidine. Now, this is definitely an older medication. Brand name of this medication is Demerol. Uh, It has been around for a a long, long time. Uh, When I first started practice in 2009, uh, I saw this medication a little bit. Um, on a positive note, I can't recall really the last time I've seen uh, meperidine used. It's been quite some time, uh, so that is uh, a good thing uh, because we've definitely got some warnings and potential adverse effects associated with this medication. Uh, so first and foremost, meperidine is an opioid uh, used in pain management or can potentially be used in pain pain management. Uh, just as a reminder, um, an opioid, a drug that binds opioid receptors. Uh, And when that binding occurs, uh, that action leads to essentially blocking the pain signals uh, from going to the central nervous system. And then obviously that interpretation of your brain saying that hurts, um, the opioids and meperidine uh, block that pathway. So ultimately this reduces uh, perception and uh, response to pain. Meperidine dosing, uh, it's in the neighborhood of 50 to uh, 150 milligrams. Uh, You know, IM, sub-Q, oral, these are all possible options and can be given IV as well. One additional indication that you may see um, a paradine used for. It's kind of a unique one, uh, but you may see IV uh, utilized in post-operative shivering. Uh, usually the dosages are going to be uh, maybe a little bit lower than uh, traditional analgesic dosages. Um, 12.5 to 50 milligrams um, is usually the, the kind of range there as well. Uh, and that um, may be used in conjunction with dexamethasone. So again, kind of a unique um, role potentially there for meperidine uh, may be used in uh, post-operative shivering in some cases. It is important to note that the absorption of this medication can be quite variable, uh, particularly when we're using it uh, IM sub-Q or the oral route. Um, so that's important to note that that response may be variable. And again, probably one of the uh, one of the many downsides that we have uh, to using this medication. Uh, with that said, um, we've got numerous um, opioid pain options that are going to be better typically uh, than meperidine. Uh, biggest reason is there's tons of box warnings associated with meperidine. Um, so we've got kind of the standard opioid warnings, um, you know, addiction, dependence, abuse. Uh, we've got risk for respiratory depression, uh, interaction with uh, benzodiazepines, for example, increasing the risk for respiratory depression. Uh, so we kind of have those standard opioid box warnings with it. Uh, in addition to that, 
We've got risk for CYP3A4 drug interactions. That is actually a boxed warning with this medication. Uh, so that can definitely be problematic in our polypharmacy patients. Uh, in addition, MAOIs, it is not recommended, contraindicated to use MAOIs in combination uh, with meperidine as well. And that's an increased risk uh, for respiratory depression. Uh, one other note on that CYP3A4 uh, boxed warning, they do specifically mention paying attention to CYP3A4 inducers. And in particular, when we stop CYP3A4 inducers, uh, that can send concentrations of meperidine upward if a patient is on uh, this medication chronically, which, again, it's not something I have seen um, recently at all, which is great, uh, but just in, in case we uh, do see this medication, um, you know, that risk obviously comes, some of the adverse effects risk comes uh, with more frequent use here. So what are those adverse effects? Uh, first and foremost, I've got to mention neurotoxicity. Um, I would guess this is most likely to come up on your board exam if you're ever uh, asked about meperidine or your pharmacology exam or whatever classes you're taking. Uh, so neurotoxicity is the issue with meperidine when it comes to adverse effects or one of the major issues. Uh, and this risk is increased in elderly and patients with renal disease. Uh, this medication shows up on the Beers criteria, which is again a list of medications uh, that are uh, potentially inappropriate in elderly patients. Uh, the neurotoxicity risk increases uh, obviously with dose and it increases with uh, prolonged use as well in addition to the renal uh, and geriatric issues there. One other important note um, this, you know, central nervous uh, system toxicity uh, can lead to seizures, it can lead to delirium, uh, all sorts of negative uh, CNS effects. Uh, naloxone will not reverse this effect. So that is a very, very important thing to remember um, when we're dealing with meperidine neurotoxicity. Uh, other adverse effects, I think you could probably uh, imagine or guess some of the, the common opioid, generalized opioid adverse effects, uh, your constipation, your respiratory depression, sedation, um, skin reactions are possible, you know, itch, rash, things of that nature, uh, urinary retention has been reported, and of course, abrupt withdrawal. So if you've got a patient who's taking it for, you know, a couple weeks or longer, um, those withdrawal symptoms can uh, start to creep in if we take that medication away uh, too quickly. Again, just a quick reminder on withdrawal, opioid withdrawal symptoms, um, GI issues, nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea, anxiety, tachycardia, sweating, uh, insomnia, uh, an increase in, in pain and achiness can happen as well, as well as tremors. So uh, those are a few of the uh, you know commonly presenting symptoms that you may see associated with opioid withdrawal. All right, let's talk pharmacokinetics here a little bit. Um, so from a metabolic standpoint, uh, meperidine is metabolized to normeperidine. Uh, so that is the uh, neurotoxic metabolite that we're really, really worried about. Um, that's done by a bunch of different CYP enzymes, 
um, 3A4, uh, 2C19, for example, 2B1 is another one that's that's listed as well. Um, so again, that, that metabolite is going to be formed. Um, it's just a matter of if that metabolite is accumulating in, let's say, geriatrics, uh, renal disease type patients, uh, and how much, what extent that that um, uh, metabolite is accumulating as well, and that depends upon you know dose and, and length of use and extent of use as well. So, uh, definitely some important things to to think about there. Uh, tying into the renal issue, uh, if patients have an EGFR of less than sixty, uh, it is recommended to avoid use of meparidine. Again, that's due to that um, increased concentration of normaparidine. Uh, onset of action, uh, IVs in the neighborhood of five minutes. Obviously, it makes sense that that's pretty quick. We're getting it um, right into the uh, uh, circulatory system there. Um, IM, sub-Q, oral, uh, probably takes a little bit longer, 10, 15 minutes, uh, depending upon um, the dosage form that, that you're using there. All right, let's take a quick break from our sponsor, and we'll wrap up with drug interactions. If you're in the market for any pharmacist board certification study material like PCPS, ambulatory care, geriatrics, MTM, or the NAPLEX exam, go check out meded101.com store. We've got a growing list of resource, resources that have helped thousands of uh, pharmacists pass their board exam. So definitely go check that out. Support the sponsor, meded101.com store. In addition, we've got books on case studies, drug interactions, food medication interactions, uh, pharmacology, crossword puzzle books, pharmacy technician books. Uh, definitely go check out all the links at meded101.com store. Great gift ideas for students, pharmacy technicians, uh, nurses, nurse practitioners, PAs, uh, and so on and so forth. So um, go check out all those links and uh, find a way to support the sponsor, meded101.com. All right, let's wrap up with drug interactions. So I mentioned CYP3A4 inhibitors uh, in the boxed warnings. So naturally, any CYP3A4 inhibitor uh, is going to increase concentrations of meparidine. Also mentioned in that warning is uh, discontinuing CYP3A4 inducers. That will also cause those concentrations to go up. Uh, Let's talk specifically about inhibitors uh, some of the, the common agents that can inhibit CYP3A4 to varying extents, uh, verapamil, some of the azole antifungals like ketoconazole, for example, uh, clarithromycin, grapefruit juice, uh, cimetidine has some action there. Uh, some of the HIV medications that are used as uh, boosters like cobisostat, for example. Uh, so there's lots of medications definitely that are CYP3A4 inhibitors. They're going to raise concentrations of meparidine and uh, also potentially that toxic metabolite, normaparidine as well, um, which can lead to those um, CNS changes and seizure risk and uh, delirium and, and those type of nasty things. Uh, other adverse, or excuse me, other drug interactions, uh, respiratory depression, we've got to think about meds that can add to that effect. So uh, your benzodiazepines, your gabapentinoids. Uh, CNS sedation, 
Uh, we've got anticholinergics, we've got sleepers, all those medications can add on to the adverse effect profile of meperidine. Constipation is another one to think about as well, uh, where you know drugs like anticholinergics can worsen constipation when used in combination with an opioid like meperidine. Uh, and then there is some risk of serotonin syndrome. So drugs with serotonergic activity, uh, SSRIs, for example, they may increase the risk for serotonin syndrome when used in combination with meperidine. Uh, also keep in mind, MAOIs, um, another antidepressant class, are recommended to avoid uh, use with meperidine. And then last but not least, I did want to mention uh, medications that may lower seizure thresh threshold, um, particularly one that's commonly used, which is bupropion. Um, so that on top of meperidine and, you know, obviously the formation of that uh, normoperidine metabolite, uh, that can increase uh, the potential for a patient to have a seizure. So um, important drug interaction, I think, to pay attention to there as well. All right, well, I think that's going to wrap up the podcast for today. Hopefully, you picked up some practice pearls. Uh, if you are looking for a great resource on the top 200 drugs, uh, go check out reallifepharmacology.com. Uh, subscribe there by email. Uh, you'll get access to that PDF absolutely for free. Uh, if you have any comments, questions, definitely don't hesitate to email me, mededucation101 at gmail.com. And of course, if you've benefited from the podcast at all, I would greatly appreciate you uh, supporting the sponsor. Plenty of links there at meded101.com slash store. Uh, in addition to that, if you'd kindly leave a review on iTunes or wherever you're, whatever platform you're listening to, uh, that would be greatly appreciated as well. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Take care and have, you have a great rest of your day.